who can we trust then? Uh, if we're thinking about trust this morning, we get lots of information, don't we? Lots of little things. And you know when you buy stuff, it says stuff on the side of the packaging. But can you really believe what these people say? So here, here's one thing we've got here. Um, it's a, a hairspray. It's, it's meant to clean your hair, I think, when you're um, too lazy to have a shower. So children, do wash. Meant to wash your hands on the talking about at the moment, stop the virus is spreading. But do do wash in general. It's, it's, it's a good idea. But here, this is what this, this hairspray says. It says, make every day your runway with Batiste Dry Shampoo. This multi-award winning hair hero is the perfect quick fix for great looking hair. There we go. This is where it gets serious. A few quick bursts instantly transforms your look. A few quick bursts instantly transform your look. Now, do you trust that what this says is going to be true? Is it trustworthy? Is it reliable? It says, hair looks clean and fresh with added body. Added body uh, and texture. Added body and texture. No water required. So if I spray this on my head, do you believe that my hair is going to be transformed into a new look? With added body and added texture, well, let's give it a shake. What do you think? Is, can you see added body and, and texture? Well, it just makes a smell, really. Uh, I don't trust. It might make your hair look a little bit cleaner than it did, but I don't believe that it transformed my look, has it? I look pretty much the similar. Well, we can't trust everything we read on the side of a bottle. We can't trust everything we read, apart from one place. And where would that be? Yes, here, when we come to the Bible, when we read the Bible, we can trust all that it says. And it doesn't make stupid, foolish claims like the sides uh, of a, a tin can that's gonna spray make and transform my look. No, we can trust what the Bible has to say. Now, sometimes trusting God is difficult, though. And we should think if you few a through a few characters in the Bible who had to trust God. Now, Moses, he led God's people out of slavery from Pharaoh in Egypt. But when Pharaoh finally said to the Egyptians, you can go, do you know what happened? Well, Pharaoh came chasing after, didn't he? And here are God's people trapped they got the army coming one side from Pharaoh, got the sea the other side. What would you do? You'd want to run away. And what does God tell Moses and the Egyptians to do? Stand still. It's the opposite of what we'd want to do, isn't it? Now, were they saved? Were they set free? Did God rescue them? Well, yes. By a miracle of the sea being parted, God's people could go through it. So if they ran away, they would have never come to know the miracle of God and the escape through the Red Sea. Another time, uh, we've got this prophet Elijah. And now there's a false god, not the true god, Baal. And so Elijah says to these Baal worshippers, let's have a contest then. You uh, call out to your god. You set an altar up to, to burn up a sacrifice and you cry out to Baal. You can't use matches. You can't use a lighter. You just pray and ask that God would burn up that sacrifice of fire and Elijah would call out to the one true living God in the same way so the servants of Baal they come and they get their altar and they pull it out and 
they cry and they cut themselves and they wail, but nothing happens. Elijah says, maybe, maybe your God's on holiday. Maybe, maybe your God's down the shops. Then what does Elijah do? Well, no, he comes to it. What he does is he pours water all over the sacrifice before he asks God to light it. See, in trusting God there, he made it even harder for himself, didn't it? Before we come to trust God, it's not just a, an idea in the sky. It actually means we have to do things. And here is Elijah really trusting God, knowing that it's going to be miraculous. It's that, that God will get him through this situation. Think about Joshua. He was called to capture the land and he comes to Jericho. And what's the plan that God gives him? Well, if you want to conquer a walled city, which Jericho was, maybe you'd want like a big ramming rod to go, you know, through the walls. Maybe you want like slingshot to knock the walls down. What was God telling him to do? To march around the walls every day for seven days. And on the seventh day, march around the walls seven times and then blow a trumpet. That's never going to work. No, God calls him to do it. And it does work. He trusts in God and God proves it, even though it doesn't seem like it would work. Gideon, he's also called to drive out God's enemies uh, from them, from the people of God in Israel. And he has, gets together an army. And you know what God tells him to do when he gets the army together? Make it smaller. It's too big. So he goes down from thousands of men to a few hundred men to take on a vast army. Trusting God is not always easy. And trusting God doesn't always seem like the common sense thing to do. Often it seems like not the best thing to do. Like it would be a foolish thing. Foolish thing. Want to make a fire? Put water on it. Uh, Want to knock a, a wall down? Blow a trumpet. But it was the ultimately foolish thing, which is the biggest thing, the centrepiece of the Bible, is that Jesus, God's son, was told by God the Father the way he could save us was by dying on a tree, dying on a cross. Doesn't that sound foolish? Doesn't that sound like that would never work? To die to save does, doesn't make sense to our ears. In the garden, as Jesus knew that that's what God was calling him to do, he prayed, if it's your will, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You see, Moses had to trust God. They stood still and they saw the miracle of God. Elijah had to trust God, even though he poured water, God answered with fire. Gideon had to trust God as he shrunk his army down and they won a victory. Joshua trusted God as he marched around the walls seven times and the walls came tumbling down. And ultimately, Jesus trusted God, the Father. In the garden, he prayed, not my will be done, but your will. And his death on the cross won the greatest victory. Not a victory just of going through the sea or a wall tumbling down or a fire being burnt up. But the victory of our sins being forgiven as Jesus died. The punishment uh, that we should have, that we should take. He died in our place. And then he gave us his righteousness, as the Bible calls it, the great exchange. Jesus took our sin and he gave us his goodness. So that when we stand before God, we are viewed as if we were Jesus. The Bible talks us being in Christ. So who can we trust in this world? Well, 
We can't trust everything we read unless we read it in God's word. And when we read it, sometimes it would ask us to do things which you think that doesn't make sense. That can't be right. It says obey your parents. Do you know that? In everything. Unless obviously they're breaking the law. Or ask you to do something really foolish or being silly with you. But generally we're meant to obey our parents and trust God. And for you children, as I speak to you, that's the best way you can trust God as children. Is to obey your parents, to listen to them and to do what is right before God. Wow. Do pray that as you go through your childhood, as you grow up, you will learn to trust God. We can't rely on anything else but God alone. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. He is good. Place your trust in him. Give him your life. That's the only way you can be sure about your future in this world and in the world to come.